Today's episode is sponsored by Tigo. For most of us, indemnity insurance is one of our biggest costs of practice. But when was the last time you took a look at the coverage and compared your premium with others? Many of us are still with the same insurer we joined in med school or intern year. Thousands of doctors have made the switch to Tigo and benefited from their personalised approach to pricing. You will also get an extra two months free in your first year. If you are new to private practice, you might even qualify for four years of discounted premiums. Tigo offers competitive premiums, quality cover and 24-7 support backed by top medico-legal advisors. Get a free quote and discover why thousands of doctors are insured by Tigo by visiting tigo.com.au. Hello listeners and welcome to Deep Breaths, a podcast covering topics related to the Part 2 anaesthetic exam. I'm Dr. Kate McCrossan, and today's episode is You Need to Calm Down, where we discuss techniques and strategies to employ in the weeks leading up to your exam to ensure you stay calm when it counts, with special guest Dr. Julius Leikerman. As always, in this podcast, we represent our own views and not those of our employers or ANSCAR. I should add that I'm just on my own here today. Unfortunately, Kate is unwell today, uh, so you've only got half the deep breaths team. So now on to introducing our special guest, Dr. Julius Leikerman. Some of you may remember Dr. Leikerman from previous episodes in Season 2, where we talked about how to take care of yourself while studying. If you haven't heard those episodes, check out Season 2, Episodes 2 and 3, titled Shake It Out. Dr. Leikerman is a consultant anaesthetist and welfare advocate for her department at the Prince Charles Hospital in Brisbane, Australia, as well as an ALS and APLS instructor. And you may recall from her last episodes that Dr. Slykerman enjoys yoga, immersing herself in nature with regular bushwalking, swims at the beach and is a sucker for a good Marvel film. Julia, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. You're very welcome. So um, I'm really excited for this episode because we're not only going to talk about techniques that are useful for staying calm in the lead up to the part two exam, but these techniques are useful in almost all walks of life mm. when it comes to preparing yourself for any personal pursuit, performance, big event that requires calmness. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be learning a few things off you today, as always. Yeah, I think you're quite right, Kate. This is um, really just a microcosm of, of the larger experience of us in life and being professionals. So um, these techniques are probably things that we've we've talked about in the earlier episodes, mm. but they're particularly applicable to the exam. Um, and I think the other thing to mention is just like we talked about last time, it, it, they all take practice. So they're not things that you want to mm. keep in your back pocket and say, I'll just try that on the morning of the exam without having done it before. We use that analogy of airway equipment and have never having used a specialist laryngoscope and trying to pull it out at the last minute isn't really going to help you out. So the more yeah. you can do it, the better it gets. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. And I also think that... Um that we are, you know, a lot of us tend to be slightly, not always exclusively, but a lot of anaesthetists tend to be perfectionistic personalities and you try mm. something once and it's like, well, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I think practice is, yeah, such an interesting concept. Yeah, absolutely. And horses for courses. So I think, you know, some of the research shows and a lot of the welfare stuff that there are a thousand, well, not a thousand, but there are several different techniques that can be useful. But often it might only be 5% of people find one particular technique useful for them. So mm. don't be discouraged. If mindfulness is not your bag, that's totally fine. But there might be something else we talk about that is. Mm. Um, and the best way to know is to give it a crack. So just keep that open, curious mind and you, know, yeah. you can't really go wrong. Fantastic. So what we're going to do is break up this topic into three chunks and start by chatting about things we should be doing and avoiding in the weeks leading up to the exam. Mm -hmm. So what sort of things should we be focusing on doing in those few weeks beforehand? 
I think this is um, probably not the time to be trying, um, you know, new new techniques that you haven't sort of used before. So this is probably not the time to decide you're going to suddenly go paleo or keto and start five twoing <laughs> and feeling horrendous or fasting, uh, intermittent fasting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, that may lengthen your telomeres, and that's something you want to do later on. But but this this is the time really to consolidate. So mm. rather than ramping up your study and sleeping with a textbook under your pillow and getting a sore neck, <laughs> this is probably the time where you want to maybe even consider taking. Tapering mm-hmm. or deciding on the areas that you know you think are, are more likely that you need to cover again, more of a revision type sort of feeling than trying to cram new information okay. in. Um, and then the self care stuff is essential because this has been such a long race; it's like a marathon. Mm. So rather than dropping that off, which it, you know I think the whole way along there there can be that sort of tendency to put it in a not as important category, mm. but it really is. It's what mm. gives you that that yep. energy to keep going. So it is still important to make sure that you're getting enough sleep, that you're eating well, that you're getting some exercise in and you're doing something to be able to defuse all of that as well so that you've still got something left in the bucket. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's um it's interesting, isn't it? I think we were chatting about this beforehand and I've was, you know, saying to Julia watching the Olympics. Mm. This is like the mind Olympics, you know, in yes. a way. Um yep. you know, on a smaller scale, obviously. And and you know, without the pressures of a global audience and it's still incredibly stressful and you're having all those sort of uh, non technical factors, so mm. non study factors is is really important um particularly the sleep and the exercise I think are really absolutely really key yeah and life doesn't stop so you still have to factor all of those things in so I guess the the important things to remember and there are positive sort of reframes to this is that we've already passed one big exam before Mm. we've probably had lots of other events in our life that have required sort of focus and concentration so we know we can do it Mm. Um, and whatever has worked in the past is likely to work again so you know you're not going into this unprepared um, but uh, there is a bit of um, I guess uh, sort of preparation that can be helpful Mm. and that analogy to an athlete is a really important one so you know they don't leave anything to chance and Mm. I I think that we should be taking that on board as well and that's simple things like how you're going to get yourself prepared for the exam yeah right down to the nitty-gritty of the day and even some visualization can be really helpful too Mm. so we might touch on some of those things yeah that sounds good so, look, I'm sure there are people out there listening to us and thinking that they've crammed before every major exam and done well because that does tend to work often through school and through uni and I'm not sure about the part one, but perhaps, you know, some people strike it lucky a little bit. Um, are there things that are different about this exam that mean the cramming approach may not necessarily work or be, or be I suppose, detract from your performance? So I think there is pretty good evidence that sort of shows when we're feeling distressed that we do lose that um, – the connection and the capacity of our higher centres. So Mm. what you really want is your frontal lobes working big time with all Mm. the executive functioning and the ability for recall and attention span, all that Mm. type of thing. So if you're feeling sleep deprived and your sympathetic nervous system is more in fight and flight mode, it is going to be harder to to recall Mm. facts accurately and have that sort of global view and space to be able to plan effectively, keep to time, all those type of things. So you're probably actually better to go in, maybe not having read over that last paper, but feeling well rested and clear headed. And then Mm. you can, you know, tap into the memory banks, which you've been building on for the last 12 months of preparation. Mm. And I suppose this touches upon the fact that this exam is is slightly different from the primary exam. There is a definitely a memory component, yeah. but there's a complex reasoning component, particularly when we come to the Viva yes. section. But even in the 
short answer. It's not just about knowledge, is it? It's about being able to put complex kind of thoughts and concepts down on the paper, generate a really solid plan. Absolutely. And I suppose we can do some of that at work. You know, it's kind of a time where being at work, particularly if you're in a, mm. you know, busy job, we're seeing lots of different complex things can actually be helpful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Okay. Um, so what about planning ahead from the for the day of the exam? Um so I'm certainly, we were discussing this before too, I'm definitely a planner. I don't know whether it got into visualisation, but I think that's a great topic we should also cover. Yep. Uh, but I'm very much a, you know, do your trip to office works, buy your pens, you know, like yeah, have your 100%. lollies, have your water, have a little stopwatch because you weren't allowed yeah. to, you know, that was the year they stopped exactly. you. Exactly, yeah. Taking watches and stuff in. So yep. what is your um, suggestions in this area? So I think, you know, we are anaesthetists. We like to plan for the worst and that never happens and that applies with this as well. So, um um, you know, from a long way out, it's reasonable to look at the roster and make sure you're not rostered on call the night before or that you've got a, you know, a long run of nights or something beforehand. Mm. Um, take the time to have a chat with, you know, whoever's looking after that in your mm. department or in your other workplaces to make sure you've got space. Um, if you're someone who is has a little bit of trouble waking up in the morning, then you might need <laughs> two alarm clocks, not just one. That's a really good idea. You might want to get a family or friend to call you as well and make mm. sure that you don't turn your phone off the night before. Um, figure out where the venue is. Now, for some people it might be quite familiar and you know that route. It might even be worth doing a little recce drive and seeing mm-hmm. how long does it take to get yep. there and then giving yourself double that amount of time. Yep. Um, parking can sometimes be tricky. You don't want to leave any of this to chance where you're putting it into Google Maps or getting an Uber in the morning <laughs> and it's the surge, whatever, and then you can't get there. So just try and reduce all the factors that you are under your control mm-hmm. to do so. So it just leaves your head nice and clear for the main event. Um, stationery, yes, that's actually important. So do you have pens that work? Um, do you have a stopwatch? I mean, we can't bring our devices in anymore and that's incredibly helpful, particularly for the written exam. So you're not spending too long on any particular SAQ because yeah. you need to get through. Yeah. Um, and then even sort of thinking about, you know, comfort, what are you going to wear? Um, you know, are you going to be comfortable in those clothes all day? Not too hot, not mm. too cold. Um, are they the shoes that you can walk in if you're going to decide to walk or are you going to go out for lunch in between? You know, do you want to bring your own lunch to remove the whole cafe mm. quick question altogether? Yeah. Um, and then also a little sort of idea, I guess, of, of what you're like in those situations. So some people, uh, perhaps more the introverts, and I consider myself one, it's actually probably better for me maybe to have some quiet time mm. where I'm just by myself mm. um, so I can regroup. I'm not going to be energised by you know, loud conversation and rehashing, rehashing what I wish I'd done better. But, but, you know, for others, um, maybe it's not best to be, yeah, Mm -hmm. left alone Mm -hmm. in your own headspace. Mm -hmm. That could probably not be helpful. So you might be someone who decides to go to the cafe and get a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, you know, diet and exercise and things like that are important. So as much as possible, I would say try and do your usual daily routine. Mm. So don't skip your coffee. Don't, You'll yeah. get a caffeine withdrawal. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Have breakfast if you're a breakfast person. Mm. Um, have your cup of tea or coffee for sure. If you're an early morning riser and you go for a walk, then still get that walk in. It's the rhythm of the day and your mm. body and brain get used to that. So just do exactly the same thing that you normally would. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that's great advice. Mm. Uh, and something we also kind of, uh, I think, you know, Kate's put down in her notes he was talking about you know maybe take some Panadol you know you're prone to headaches so you're gonna get a sore neck take some Panadol or Nurofen um yeah all those things like make a difference and if you have that all just planned the night beforehand it's all sitting there ready to go then you just grab your little bag and off your trot yeah yeah yep 
Okay, so look, um, it's night before the exam, so we've been eating well, we've been yep. doing a bit of exercise, mm-hmm. we've been trying to get some sleep, and I know some people with young children um, sometimes even move out of home for a couple of nights before the exam to yeah. get some sleep with the permission and blessing of their partner, yes. I can assume. Particularly with the interstate exams, that was much more common to do that, maybe yeah. go down a couple of nights beforehand yeah. before the vivers in yeah. particular. Yep. So we've done all of that, and uh, we've been to OfficeWorks, we've got out and we've bought our little sugary treats, and yep. got our Panadol pack, we're good to go. So it's the night before the exam. Um, out of curiosity, do you remember what you did the night before the part two exam? I actually don't. Um, yeah, not that I live a wild lifestyle, but I'm assuming it was probably just the, <laughs> the usual would have tried to go to bed early, yeah. maybe watched a movie, something yep. relaxing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah I can't remember. I, it's funny, I was just reflecting on this. I have absolutely no memory of the part two, but I do remember the part one really well because my parents were like, oh, um, come to a movie we'll take you to gold class and I was like oh sweet okay this yeah, sounds good nice. but we went to Black Swan which isn't the most relaxing no that's quite intense actually <laughs> but very having... distracting yes that's true yeah. yeah so look it was quite anyway it's just a I funny like Princess Bride or something like that you yes. can have a good good chuckle at that's yeah. right yeah. Um, but yeah I certainly think studying was definitely not, definitely not on my agenda yeah. Um, yeah probably just looked through a couple little you know those last minute questions that pop up in your head yeah. probably looked them up before yeah. I went to bed but that was about it so we've talked about some things to do. What about things that you'd suggest people avoid the day before either their exam or other big occasion? Because the next thing after the exam is your job interviews for PF and then you have consultant job interviews. You might be doing presentations. You might be pulled into more senior meetings as you get up the ranks of career. So this isn't really just about the exam. What, what things should you not do? I think we probably covered some of this sort of stuff already. So probably not trying um, new routines or doing things that are going to exhaust you or Mm. make you feel more stressed out. It's probably not the time to you know, have a, a deep and meaningful relationship breakup for <laughs> if you can avoid it. <laughs> if you can avoid it. Hopefully things haven't gotten that that bad beforehand. Um, staying up late to, to, to cram isn't really gonna help either. Um, I think, yeah, the more that you can do to sort of stay calm and relaxed, the more it's going to help. Um, mm. And, you know, some things that might even be helpful is, is hopefully you've, you know, been doing this the whole way along, but even practising some of those techniques that you might use mm. on the actual day if you mm. are feeling a bit stressed out, it can be good yeah. to do that the night before. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about visualisation with athletes. So, you know, it, it, it sounds ridiculous, but if you're in that highly competitive environment, this is what everybody does. It's just the norm. So mm. you might even want to spend some time sort of thinking about what it's going to be like when you walk in the room, actually sort of see yourself sitting down at the desk, see where your pens are, where mm. your, your stopwatch is going to be. Imagine what it's going to feel like to have that paper in your hands and how you're actually going to approach it. So when it happens on the day, it's it's not novel anymore and I think it does actually free up a bit of um, cognitive space to just mm. get in and then write your answers rather than still trying to figure out how you feel in that space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a bit of mental, kind of almost like mental rehearsal really. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And you can use that for any skill and it's sort of shown with functional MRIs at the same parts of your brain light up. So it's kind of mm. like a dress rehearsal mm. without actually having to sit the exam. So yeah. That's, yeah, it can be a very helpful thing to do. Yeah, that's mm. fantastic advice. Mm. So look, let's say it's the day of the exam. Mm. We've planned everything out and in the days prior, everything's going as expected, but you've arrived at the venue. Yep. It's 20 minutes before the exam is scheduled to start and you can start feeling a bit of panic yep. starting to take Quite over. Normal. Is there anything we can do? So I guess firstly, um, what are the signs and symptoms? Because some people don't suffer from a lot of anxiety in their everyday yeah. world and maybe this might be a new experience for them. And then secondly, what can we do to bring ourselves back to a more functional 
level. Yeah. So, um, you know, we all experience anxiety in different ways, but generally it means our sort of sympathetic nervous system is ramping up a bit there. And so you might be someone that experiences more um, physical symptoms. So it could be some muscle tightness or tension, so headaches or even that butterfly feeling in stomach or some nausea. Um, or somebody that um, is a bit more um, sort of in their, their headspace and, and start sort of finding that they're getting a lot of mental chatter and, and you know, mm. the, the tone of that chatter has changed to something sort of quite negative or catastrophizing, mm. black and white thinking, you know, if I couldn't get a park, that means that I'm not going to do well in the exam. Yes. All these weird signs <laughs> from the heavens that you would not normally yeah. take Superstitions, into. Superstitions, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and other people can just shut down. So that's the sort of fight, flight or mm. freeze. It's interesting to note that, you know, the same sort of physical sensations that, you know, if I was in a plane about to jump out and skydive, for me would be terror, which is similar to the exam. <laughs> for somebody else who's feeling the butterflies mm. in the stomach rather than the churning nausea, they're, they're labelling it as something quite positive, the sweaty palms, it's all anticipatory excitement. Mm. So it really just goes to show it's what our how our brain interprets the situation mm. rather than it being like the actual true story of the yeah. event itself. So some things that you can do, if, you, if, if you're feeling um, physical sort of symptoms and breathing techniques can be really helpful okay. because what you want to do is, is switch back to a more parasympathetic nervous system um, level of autonomic activation. So you've probably heard of a few of these before. So square breathing can be really helpful. That's where you, you breathe in, say, for a count of two, three or mm -hmm. four. If you're feeling particularly stressed, it's actually quite hard to slow your breathing down. Mm. So make it easy for yourself. You can always increase it. So you would breathe in for one, two, three, four, and then gently hold your breath for two, three, four, and then breathe out two, three, four, and hold two, three, four. And you can practice this every time mm. you're at the traffic lights, sort of, mm. you know, get in the habit of doing it so on the day it doesn't seem so weird. Yeah. If that's too much, you could actually just count your breaths or even just feel your pulse and count your, your pulse rate. So that will sort of really bring you back into your body a bit and take mm. you out of what's going on in your... um. In, in your body itself. And the other things that you can do if you're uh, sort of feeling that you're, you've got these racing thoughts or it's more of the um, sort of typical kind of psychological anxiety, thinking distress, so to speak, then grounding techniques, which you use your senses to actually bring you back into your body, can be useful. Okay. So we, I think we did talk about these last time as well. So things like um, focusing on what you can see. You might look around the room and see five things that you can name. You might listen and is there four things that you can mm. hear? Is there three things that you can touch? And really engage yourself in that. Make it a rich experience. And you can repeat that over and over again and just notice that by um, turning off that mental chatter, you can get back into the sensation of the moment and that then hopefully allows your um, limbic system to settle down a bit and your, your cortices to take over again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. That yeah, I've, I've tried to, you know, um, when stressed, tried a few different things. I think the other one, which you may not have access to just depending on where you are, but if, you know, reading, um, mm. I've heard can be another thing. So if you want to bring a book or... Yeah. Um, yep. I think I'm... Or listening there. to music, that yeah, type of thing. If you're someone who, you know, has something that uh, – a track that you love can be really helpful. Mm. Um, and even self-talk can be very useful as well. For those that have done that brilliant resilience training program that the um, Suze de Bruin and the, the crew in WA have done, they, they sort of talk about the breathe, talk, see, focus thing as well. So that's using the breathing, some positive self-talk. You can sort of say to yourself, you know, you've spent a whole year preparing for this, you're in, you know, good good frame of mind and cultivating some – 
um, you know, positive aspects to the whole situation. Like this is a career I'm really interested in and mm. I'm excited to be here today. This is, you know, the last mm. hurdle. So you, you really, you know, allowing your brain to create some fertile ground for these positive things to land on. And I think that it becomes more real and more mm. believable. Yeah. Um, otherwise it feels like you're just talking to a crazy person. Like can't you see how <laughs> stressful this is? But if you really sort of feel it that, you know, th- this is um, a big event today but I'm, I'm happy to be here because this is the next step on the path and I'm prepared for it and it's not just me who's rooting for me I've got my friends my family my Mm. colleagues everyone's you know giving me the positive vibes today so I'm just going to give it my best yeah Um, and then not slipping into those other things so as we sort of mentioned the catastrophizing Mm. like you know you might not sleep well the night before. In fact, most people probably don't, but that's okay. Yeah. You know? um, and you might not feel like you've read the latest article, but that's just one article in, mm. in a whole sort of spectrum of what we know as clinicians. Mm. So not allowing these things to become bigger than they really are. Mm. And it is a bit of feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Mm. So even if you're tired, you can still do it. You know? Yeah. It yeah. is really about um, trying to hit like that uh, – it's it's like the anxiety performance curve, yeah, right? You know, yeah, which looks like a Frank Stalling curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're really trying to for some reason I always think of it as a Frank Stalling. But yeah. you're really trying to hit that um point where you're a bit stressed, you know, you yes. can use the adrenaline to your benefit but not kind of head over the other side to where you're getting dysfunctional. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. 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 So a bit of positive self talk I think helps. If you've got a theme tune that you like, um, <laughs> go for it. And I think Kate Steele's mentioned she uses the Rocky one. Um, yes. Sometimes it's helpful. Um, and, yeah, you might even have like a little word that you give yourself like game on or something like that. Okay, mm. let's do it. And I can imagine those sprinters at the athlete, you know, the mm. athletes' villages who are ready to go, they'd be doing this before they walk on the track for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of them you can see them listening to music and mm. getting themselves pumped up. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so unfortunately, as we mentioned at the beginning, uh, Kate Steele is unwell today and unable to join us, but she did say that she had a, a little routine here which I can tell you and she said she did it before all three parts of the fellowship exam she wore earphones everywhere because when she was anywhere near an exam venue because she didn't like to interact with people much like you Julia whereas Mm. I'm totally the opposite (laughs) and get chit chatty Uh, there were times where she didn't play much music but she had a go-to song and as you said it was Eye of the Tiger by Survivor the theme song from Rocky 2 and she listened to it on repeat till she felt confident enough that she could march into a boxing ring and knock someone out and she said it sounds crazy but it actually worked really well and I'd encourage everyone listening to find a song that does the same thing for you. Mm. Uh, Did you have any specific things you did before your exam? Julia? I think I just over-prepared um, with regard to the day. I definitely would have brought my lunch because I'm obsessed with food um, and got there very early to get a good park. And I did. I had the stopwatch, the pens, the whole Yeah, lot. that was me. Yeah. yeah, and I did the yeah. nervous pee before I went in the room. I just didn't want that distraction. Um, and the other thing that I found really helpful is I had a bit of a game plan. So um, because I knew I was going to be feeling anxious because that's just the way – um, that I tick, I guess. Mm. Um, when it came particularly to the SAQs, um, my strategy was to actually have a flip through the exam and look for a question that I knew I could answer and I could yeah. answer well. Yeah. And it's a bit like having a to-do list. Like when you first start, it just looks so overwhelming. But mm. if you get a couple of tasks ticks off, ticked off, then you're on a roll. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, after that, it didn't matter. And so I could be doing questions I wasn't quite so sure about when I first look at them. But after that first, you know, two, three, four questions mm. are done, it was just, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. So even those little things, like just think about how you're actually going to do it on the day. Yeah, it's mm. funny you mention that because I, for the SAQs, I would actually, once I did my perusal and I kind mm. of similar thing, I'd probably order them in a little bit of an order. Because things do come to you subconsciously. They do, it's really yeah. interesting. Like it's once great. you've seen the question, your subconscious starts to mm. roll. 
Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise I wouldn't be here right Initially now. Initially it was bleak. <laughs> and I would actually write because I, I decided I'd spend eight minutes per question yes. on each one and then I'd go back again and what I'd have, I'd have the pile on my desk in the order and I would write the top at the top of each one, eight the actual eight minutes. So if it was like 9.08, I would write 9.16 yeah. and 9.23 so I couldn't lose track of time. Yep. And then I had a pile on the right for ones I'd completely, I can't remember which way around it was, but one pile was on the floor yes. just for completely finished yep. and one pile on the left was come back if you have time to have another yes. look yep. and that worked really well for me yeah mm. yeah and no, I think that's a great great plan and mm. the same even if you're going to be doing the viva like sort of sort of think to yourself how are you going to what are you going to do while mm. you're sitting there waiting and reading the stem or if you do get one of those um, rest breaks what are you going to do during the rest break you mm. might be like regardless of how I'm feeling I'm going to be doing some breathing and so I can get back into my you know game game plan yeah um, and then tackle the next one ahead so because you will have ones where you think this really did not go very well and I'm very embarrassed but you can't <laughs> sort of stay in that that mindset yeah that's going to impede your, your performance on the next one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's good advice and that and that's very much an exam technique isn't it moving past even when something doesn't go well it's being yeah. able to and that really translates you know I sometimes participate in um, interviews to get onto the training program here mm. in Queensland and you can tell the people that um, one question hasn't gone so well and it's kind of defeated them yes and then others are able to put that question behind them and move on to the yes. next question and I think it's um, a really valuable technique for life really oh, I and I could employ agree. it more in my personal life but you know it's an ongoing battle isn't yes, it like yeah. letting things go yeah. and moving forward yeah so. that's right that's resilient just increasing <laughs> that capacity to yeah. to deal with un- discomfort. Yes, yeah. that's true. And we go, yeah, I think, you know, we're, anyway, there's a whole discussion about the big question about, you know, in our Western world we're used to being comfortable all the time mm. and it's not mm. always a good thing. So. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, I think we've come to the end of the episode mm. and uh, at the end of every episode we ask our special guests what they've learnt this week in anaesthesia. Is there anything you'd like to share with us this week? Um, I was saying to Kate, oh, I've just been on holiday, so I haven't been thinking very much about work. But it, <laughs> oh, lucky you. It did make me realise, though, how important it is to have those breaks as well. That's probably particularly relevant um, for those of you who are about to sit the exam. So, mm. um, yeah, you can't be on all the time. And I think it just really hit home to me how important it is to make sure you've got some time out afterwards as well so you mm. can enjoy your career for as long as possible. Yeah. Yep. yep, great advice. Mm. So thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, it's been a really interesting and valuable discussion on deep breaths this week. As always, you can contact us at deepbreathspod at gmail.com with any questions, comments or suggestions. And if you know someone that you think would be a great interviewee or you would like to join us as a guest, please feel free to let us know. Our podcast is available on most podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify and Google. Thanks for listening and we hope you can join us next time on Deep Breaths.